0: Man, come on. The light's green. Let's go. Where is it?
1: Oh, there it is. The Panthers got to figure out how to protect Bryce Young or he's going to get hurt. As such, we've seen the Falcons win in this game 24-10. to 10. Nice. the to work for Sports. sports. What's up, world? Welcome to another episode of Late to Work Sports, where we have no agenda and just raw sports. As always, I'm your host, Jonathan, with co-host, Ray Ray. Oh, what up, Ray Ray? What's up, John? Hey, man. Got a, got a
0: lot going on, man. A lot more injuries this week. A lot of shakeups.
1: Man, a lot of injuries, some trades, and uh, somebody in trouble with the FBI. So... There's a lot to talk about this week, man. I'm excited to jump right in. We got a full plate ahead of us, so you ready to crush it? Yes, sir. All right, man. Let's roll right into it. So, Ray, Ray, first off, man, let's go ahead. We have to talk about the NFL and uh, and how it all played out. So, I didn't, uh, I didn't take your score to this week, so you're gonna have to. Uh, just be you know a little truthful thing don't make me go back and listen to the old episode to get our recap but i did pretty good this week um i started off really ugly but i'll go ahead and recap and we'll roll from there man if you're you're cool with that
0: i am and I, i counted up mine i will go ahead and let you in on a spoiler you beat me this week
1: Ooh, so you mean it's one to one huh
0: and uh it's one to one because of one loss as well so
1: I came in just underneath Wow, really? Okay. Well hey, that's how it was in week one for me. I was uh I was under five hundred, so you must not be under five hundred. At least you can claim that one over me right now. Well, we'll get to why that is. Well let's go <laughs> ahead and recap it. All right, man. So a hey, first off we had uh the Vikings going on to uh Philly to play the Eagles. Pretty good once they got past the first quarter and all the issues, missed field goals, fumbles, interceptions. It was a back and forth game. It did feel the Vikings played behind the whole game, even though they weren't that far behind. In the end, though, the Vikings turned the ball over four times, and it's hard to win any game when you do turn it over four times, man. So ultimately, Eagles would win this game, but I'm going to be honest with you, it's not too convincing to me. Eagles win 34-28. Packers going and taking the Falcons. My Dirty Birds, your Dirty Birds, everybody's Dirty Birds because everybody's an honorary Dirty Bird member. Could the Falcons start off 2-0? and Is Jordan Love going to perform again this week? Those are some questions that needed to be answered. I will put it this way, man. It was Robinson's day, and he proved why you draft him so high. 19 carries, 124 yards, four receptions for another 48 yards. Ritter threw his first interception in his career, and young Koo actually missed an extra point, man, so that was kind of wild to see. Down 24-12 going into the fourth quarter, the Falcons would go off and would rally to go ahead with less than a minute left, and their defense would hold their ground as the Falcons would win and improve to 2-0 and on the back of a 25-24 victory. Raiders and Bills. The 1-0 and Raiders would be going up against the 0-1 Bills. That just sounds weird to say. Would Josh Allen bounce back, or would he kind of show his true colors that everybody's saying he may be a bust, right? Which one are we going to see? Is he a bust or is he not? The Raiders would score the first touchdown, and then they wouldn't score another touchdown the whole game. Besides a field goal, the Raiders wouldn't score any more points the whole game. They would also struggle, man, and turn the ball over multiple times as the Bills just began to roll along. And ultimately, the Bills would just cruise to an easy victory here, 38-10. to Ravens and Bengals. So it would take seven quarters in the NFL for Joe Burrows, but he finally got his first pass touchdown of the year. This game was close in points, but not really close in yards. The Ravens had a total of 415 yards on offense when the Bengals would only get 282 yards as a team. The Bengals would also have the only turnover in the game as Joe Burrows would throw a pick. It was close, but in the end, the Ravens would win this 27-24. The Bengals start off 0-2 for the second season in a row. Chiefs and Jaguars... Travis Kelsey would be back for this game, so we expect it to be a high-powered offense for the Chiefs, right? Well, they would put up the yardage, 339 yards, but not the points. They would also turn the ball over three times. Their offensive line is still having problems lining up correctly, and that would hurt them this week like it did last week late in the game. The Jaguars kept it close to the whole game, but in the end, they just didn't have enough. Chiefs win 17-9. Chargers and Titans. This game couldn't have been much closer. The Chargers had 342 total yards to the Titans 341 total yards. Neither team had a turnover. The Chargers had 19 first downs and the Titans had 22 first downs. This game would go to overtime with a tying field goal being made by the Chargers as time expired. The Chargers would get the ball first in OT but were forced to punt it. The Titans would then go on to kick the game winner to win 27-24. Seahawks at Detroit Lions. If one OT wasn't enough for you, Ray Ray, we're going to give you another one this week. Both quarterbacks stepped up to play as they both threw over 300 yards apiece, man. Golf would throw a pick six, and Seattle would miss two field goals in the game. The Seahawks would get the ball first in OT, and it proved to be costly and deadly for the Lions as they didn't get a chance to get back on the field. Seahawks win it with a late touchdown in OT, 37-31. Colts and Texans, two rookie quarterbacks facing off here. Richardson would lead the game with concussion, but not before scoring twice. The Colts controlled the scoreboard the whole game as they led 31 to 10 in the fourth quarter. The Texans will get a few more points kind of in garbage time closer you know make it look closer at the end, but it really wasn't man. Colts win 31 to 20. Browns at Buccaneers is Baker Mayfield Buccaneer mayfield is he here to stay? I can say yes. So far, he would throw for three hundred seventeen yards and touchdowns. Fields would struggle to still even get anything going, man. Even with all these wide receivers that you know they're supposed to pick up and this and that, uh, he threw for two hundred eleven yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, one being a pick six. The Bears, man, they're just struggling to get it together. As Tampa Bay's defense had a huge day, I know because I picked them up in fantasy, and. Later in the, in the show, we'll talk about some more drama with the Bears. But right now, this game, man, Buccaneers win 27-17. Giants at Cardinals. This game looked to get ugly as it was 20-0 going into the half. All Cardinals. In case anybody's keeping score out there through the first six quarters of the NFL, Giants hadn't scored a touchdown and him and outscored 60-0. Well, half changes. Two different teams came out. The Giants would come out and score 31 points. The Cardinals would only score eight. The missed field goal in the first would prove to come back and haunt the Cardinals as they would lose to the Giants by just three points, 31 to 28. 49ers at Rams. What many thought could kind of get ugly, it actually stayed close most of the game. The 49ers defense did not shut down a Rams team that we saw last year struggle. The Rams would turn the ball over twice, and they would also get stopped late in the game on downs. And that would kind of prove to be costly, man. Puka would still have a huge day. He had 15 receptions for 147 yards. That's almost 10 yards of reception, man. In the end, the Rams would kick a field goal as time expired to only lose the game 30-23. to 23. Head scratcher there. Don't know why he even kick a field goal. Jets at Cowboys. No Aaron Rodgers. How would the Jets do against the Cowboys? and that stud defense. Sam Darnold once said it best. He's seeing ghosts. I have to say, man, I think Zach Wilson's seeing ghosts as well. He threw for 170 yards, one touchdown, and three picks. Not one, not two, but three picks. And Dalvin Cook had a fumble. So all around, man, just a bad day for the Jets. Cowboys easily win this, 30 to 10. And the Cowboys have outscored their opponents so far, 70 to 10 in the first two games. That's huge, man. Commanders at Broncos. Would the Broncos start 0-2? This would be the first time a team would have ever done that under Sean Payton. This game had some huge swings as both teams seen double-digit leads at one point in the game. As time expired, however, Russell Wilson would cook, and he would just heave a hell Mary down there. The ball would bounce around, which seemed like forever. I, I honestly I don't even know how many. It may have touched You know, 15 hands, may even touched the sidelines hands, and they pushed it back in. I don't know, man. It was touching everybody, but ultimately, the Broncos would come down with it and score. Now they only need a two-point conversion because they're only down by two. Well, they wouldn't get it, and Sean Payton would start out 0-2. Commanders win 35-33 to and advance to 2-0, my friend. Dolphins and Patriots. First off, we got to talk about that genius blocked field goal that they had by the Patriots. My man started off on the sideline dang near. And he comes running at an angle. Almost like he's in motion. And obviously when the ball is hiked, he is able to already have the momentum. He runs the man and he just blows it up in the backfield. Hits the block. It was huge. Huge. I mean, they, they talked about it all night. Well, the Dolphins were going to actually miss another field goal in the game too. We're honestly starting to see a trend here of kickers missing field goals. Even still, the Dolphins looked good the whole game. More set. He would run for two touchdowns, and the Dolphins would win this one easily, even with that block kick. Score doesn't tell the whole pitcher. 24-17. Saints at Panthers. Monday night doubleheader. This is the first game. Battle of NFC South opponents. The first six scoring drives ended in field goals, man. Nothing going on. Late in the third, Saints would score a touchdown. In the fourth, Saints would score a touchdown. Late in the fourth, Panthers would score a touchdown. But they just didn't have enough time, man. Their, their offense just didn't put it together soon enough, and they would all ultimately end up falling to the Saints 20-17. to 17. Final game, Browns at Steelers. This game went in in a heartbreak for the Browns as Nick Chubbs would go down with a season-ending knee injury, and we'll talk more about that later. Watson, he continues to look rough for the Browns, not like the pick that they paid all that money to, all that guaranteed money to. He would throw a pick six. He would fumble twice, and one of those fumbles led to the go-ahead touchdown, as it was a scoop and score. In the end, both teams were combined for six turnovers. The Brown would lose this game after that fumble that I just mentioned earlier. 26-22. to Hey, Ray Ray, that's your week two wrap-up. How did you do this week, sir?
0: So, like I said, I dropped one below you, so I went eight and seven. So, not my not my hmm. best, but you know... We're tied up when it comes to win checks and uh going one and one against one another. I will say though with these with yeah, these games, good. I was pretty happy with the Falcons, all things considered. It was a nail biter, it was close, it was a good game. But we showed that the team does have grit, does have perseverance, and it can come through and win when it matters. And like mm-hmm. you said, man, Robinson's showing why he is a good player. Again, I don't I don't agree with him being so high. I just I can't get behind that. But he's earning it. He's earning all of it. A kid is mm-hmm. out there playing and is for sure on his way to be rookie of the year. My um, other noteworthy games to kind of pick off what you're talking about here. I do like the the Seahawks and Lions game, was good. It was a good duke, it was a good slug out. You know, anything that goes into overtime is always good when you get that free football. So, couldn't be too upset with the Chargers and Titans going on to it as well. It just thinks that Titans would go ahead and win that one because that was my. That was the one I needed so I could at least tie you or beat you. 'Cause you did you pick the Titans or Chargers there?
1: I picked yeah, the Titans. See, uh, um, excuse me, I picked the Chargers to win. Okay, so you
0: still would have still would have had me. That's okay. At least I would have went positive and not negative. I could live with that a lot better. <laughs> but other than that, man, I don't I don't really have much to say on any of these other games. I will say I'm sure these Bears fans are getting pretty upset when it comes to Justin Fields. I saw a statistic Earlier today or yesterday that compared him to Mitch Trubitsky.
1: Ooh, I've seen that one and too.
0: On pa- and on paper, Mitch is the better quarterback. The only thing that he has less than is rushing yards. He has a higher QBR, has a better touchdown to interception ratio. And there's the argument of can it be did Mitch have the weapons that you know, that uh Fields has and just isn't properly using them?
1: Yeah, I did see that stat, too, and it was like, ooh.
0: But other than that, I don't want to talk about the Browns game. The Nick Chubb injury, it just gave me flashbacks to when he got hurt in Georgia. And just how gruesome and nasty that looked. So prayers for him, and we'll see what happens, man, on that end. Well, I won't be surprised if he retires.
1: Yeah, that one, uh, they're saying Nick Chubb's going to need possibly two surgeries, man, so... And that's a Neither that he's previously injured. So, I think for his own health, man, you you got to hang him up. Honestly, I just – I think you got to hang him up. I don't really know if there's another option there, so. Uh, it's hard to disagree with that. Yeah, man. Um, you know, the Cowboys still looking looking monstrous. The Rams are kind of a surprise team there. Uh, I mean, yeah, they lost, but the 49ers are currently my team to, to – you know my my preseason pick to make the super bowl for the NFC and the rams look like you know maybe i don't know when cooper cup's going to come back i know he's on the IR right now i don't know how long his injury's going to last but i mean you know they make a trade or two possibly man and they could be oh. right there in the mix again you know maybe they didn't maybe they didn't sell the uh sell their future sell their soul for the ring you know what i mean if they if they're right back in it so i don't know man Mm -hmm. buccaneers yeah last year was just a bounce back yeah buccaneers still looking good i still think i'm telling you what man i still think the falcons are the best in the NFC south right now but the buccaneers are a very close second and
0: uh, we'll give it a few more weeks yeah
1: honestly i remember i had the saints and the falcons competing for number one and uh, I think I don't remember if I oh, had yeah. the Bucks last or barely beating the Panthers. I think we did. But I think yeah, because we didn't know who think we were going to be their quarterback.
0: Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, I think that was our biggest issue. Is at least the the other teams know who was going to be under under the center. Yeah, calling I mean
1: the, the the Lions, man. The Lions are an OT away from being two and O to start the season. The Bengals are O and two like they started last year with a possibility to go O and three out the gate the vikings 0 yeah. 2 you know the eagles are looking shaky there's a uh, this this season has been interesting so far those uh those script writers are doing awesome
0: well, i'll say the vikings losses at least not you know it's just from just getting beat it's not just from doing terrible whereas the bengals have what a combined 170 yards in the air
1: in two games something not not good something not good. Yeah,
0: something you don't want to see from a
1: guy who's paid A lot of, money. of dollars too. A lot of money. So, well uh well let's roll into week 3 preview here, Ray Ray. And uh All right, what you we'll get? throw them out here, man, we will run here and then uh, and then we'll start opening up to college football world here. Ooh. So First off, we got the Giants taking on the 49ers, man. No Barkley this week. 49ers are looking good. Uh, Their third 3-0 start. They're trying to get it, rather. Their, first, their third 3-0 start in the last 25 years. This game will be in the Bay Area. 49ers are rolling, and I don't think it's going to stop this week unless they turn the ball over, which they haven't really done all season. So, I'm going to say 49ers win this. Who do you got?
0: Man, between the two, it's Niners all day. Just from how the Giants have been playing
1: with no mm-hmm. Barkley, I just – it's Niners all day. Yep, I don't think Danny Dimes is going to win it on his own, so – No. All right, Falcons at Lions. This is a tough one for me um, because obviously my heart's going to pick Falcons. My head's going to say that the Falcons are going on the road in Detroit that is, you know, looking to be a very good team. So Mm -hmm. Falcons do have the number three defense in terms of yards allowed, which is kind of wild. The Lions have the number three offense in terms of yards. Now they say defense wins championships, so who's going to win this? I'm going to have to go with my home team my home team, not the home team, Falcons win it. You got the Falcons win it, or do you think the Lions actually could upset the Falcons?
0: So we've learned through past that the defense is typically what wins championships. We can look at that with Seattle and the Legion of Boom. So with that being said, I'm going to have to pull for the Falcons. Again, they are the home team, but just I'm going to pick the defense over the offense. I just... Feels like if your defense can shut down the other team's offense and yours can just do barely decent and not get shut mm-hmm. down, you'll be fine. So so Falcons all night.
1: Next we got Colts at Ravens. There will be no Anthony Richardson, I assume, anyways, due to him having a concussion in last week's game. Although the Colts, the Colts are looking good offensively lately. I still think that the Ravens will bring the win home this week. Uh, I, I do think, though, this will be kind of a close game, but I'm going to give it to the Ravens. Who do you got this week? So the Colts have Garner
0: Minshew, right, as the
1: backup. Correct. Minshew Magic.
0: Is that where he's... So I think Minshew Mania is going to have to come Minshew. in and play if it's him. Same thing. So so I'm going to give the edge to the Colts because it seems like that guy always just wants to come in and show I don't know why I'm not starting somewhere or that I'm a heck of a backup. It's Fitz Magic. So doing that. That's right. That's pretty much the role he's having to play now. He's got the mustache for it and mm-hmm. everything. So I'm going to go with the Colts, even though I have Lamar with the Ravens on my fantasy. Maybe they'll still pop off and do real good.
1: Yes, we got Titans and Browns. Titans are heading to Cleveland to play the Browns on a short week for the home team. Last week, the Titans won a high scoring affair. And I think they can win if Tannehill can manage the ball, but that is the question can he manage the ball? The Browns will be weaker without Nick Chubb. Even though they did sign Kareem Hunt today, and that is a big signing for them. But I honestly don't feel Watson can win a game for them right now. So with that in mind, I have the Titans winning this. Who you got winning between the Titans and Browns?
0: Yes, I think when you take out Nick Chubb, you take out the cornerstone of what is the Browns right now, and without the cornerstone, the house just isn't going to be worth Mm -hmm. anything. As much as it pains me, I'm going to have to go with Cordova on this one and tighten the f up. <laughs> All
1: right, Broncos at Dolphins. Broncos are 0 and 2, and Sean Payton and Russell Wilson don't seem to like each other. How much will this division bleed into the locker room? Ray is the big question to be asking. I think a lot. I think a lot of people are going to have people picking sides, and that's going to cause division. And we know that, yep. you know, the best way to win is to divide and conquer. So, with that being said, I think. The Dolphins have the much better team overall. I think they're all meshing better. And I think they're looking good and will improve to 3-0 as the Dolphins, to me, beat the Broncos pr- fairly easy. Who you got? Yeah,
0: I can't disagree with this one. I mean, they're playing at the Dolphins, so they get to be home. They look like they're just having more fun as a team. And when you just have division between who's supposed to lead the team and who's coaching the team, you just, what are you going to have? You have absolute nothing. So... With that being said, I'm I'm Dolphins three zero.
1: Well, then we got the uh, Patriots at the Jets. This is an AFC East battle. Normally, this battle between these two teams is a, is pretty close. Uh, I do think this week will prove to be the same. However, without Rodgers, the Jets, I think, are still going to struggle. Man, we we if we've noticed anything now, Zach Wilson is not it. Who knows how well he'd have been playing behind Aaron Rodgers for a couple years, but right now he still is not it, same Zach Wilson as last year. And I think the Patriots defense is pretty good this year. Mag Jones, I'm not still sold on him, but I think he's going to do enough to get the win for the Patriots. I think he is the better of the two quarterbacks, so Patriots get the road victory against the Jets. Who you got?
0: So, now we're having the controversy, once again, that the Jets had last year, which is QB room, we saw how that panned out for them as they did, what, three different QBs or two, whatever it was. So we're just back to square one when it comes to the Jets. We have all this talent, but no one to get it out to the talent. That being said, Mac Jones has proved to at least be able to play football and play it, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, competently. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, I'm giving this to the Patriots just due to the fact they have somebody who can call shots. Okay.
1: Okay, Makes sense. Next, we got the Bills at the Commanders. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, this is my upset alert. I think that uh, I think the Commanders can win this one, man. Honestly, uh, I'm just jumping on this one with not much thought. It just looked at it and was like, Commanders. Just one of those things, sometimes you just got that feeling. I think the Commanders defense can play fairly well. I also think that the Commanders have proven just last week that they can put up points i think new ownership maybe has got a different feel around the organization i'm not sure man but uh i think they're riding high the bills did bounce back last week but i'm gonna give the upset alert and tell the commanders i'm riding within this week who do you got
0: Uh, and sam howell we trust (laughs) i think like you said man it's just when you change out some things that can be toxic you put in some stuff that's healthier everybody else can change around so that being said, I think with them having Sam Howell out there commanding that helm with the new leadership, it's hard not to root for him, especially with how rough they've been in the past as a team. It's kind of like the underdog right now to me, so I'm going to have to pull for the commander. Okay.
1: Sorry, Josh Allen. Next, we got Saints at Packers. I'm not sold on the Saints, man. I really am not. I thought they would be a little more dominant than they are even with Derek Carka being there. You know what I mean? And it being his first year, I just felt like they had the team, but I don't think their coaching is there. I think they got talent. I just don't think they know how to use it. Uh, like I said, I believe the Falcons are the best NFC South team. And they only beat the Packers by one point. And now the Saints are going to have to go play in Lambeau. I don't I don't think that's going to work out for them. Man. I just think the Packers are going to prove in Lambeau to be too much for the Saints to handle. So I got Packers winning this week. Who you got?
0: It's hard for me to pull for the Saints so packers that's that's all i need on that <laughs> no more
1: no less all right next we got texans versus jaguars texans have holes they continue to show week in week out jaguars looking like a good team looking like a solid team so i can't choose against my home state here with the with holes versus no holes i'm going to go jags win this one
0: look man i'm i'm not trying to agree on majority of these but it's hard to pull against sunshine especially when going against the texans at home, so Jags win.
1: Okay, Chargers at Vikings. This one was honestly a hard one for me to pick because I think both teams are really good. Chargers lost a heartbreak last week. The Vikings, they felt that pain, you know, this year as well. Both teams are zero and two, and one of them has to win. It's kind of wild. Well, they don't have to. I mean, they don't have to, but it's kind of wild, right? So who luck? Whose luck is going to change this week? I'm going to have to go with the with Kurt Thuggins. I feel like they're the better team. So, Vikings win it.
0: So, my heart wants to say the Vikings for Kirk, since, you know, like we beat that horse so much about. But I'm going to say Herbo comes in and and is tired of losing. Both of them are competitors, but I think when you have a young guy who's just still wanting to prove something, even though he got paid, and wants to take charge of the locker room, I'm going to have to say the Chargers are going to edge out on this one. And take the victory it's
1: going to be close though. i'm gonna say a field goal okay. panthers and seahawks panthers are looking like a team with some good pieces but they just can't quite put it together the hawks got it done last week and they're playing as i would have expected them to play with that being said i think the hawks will continue this week as they are the home team which we know that stadium is rocking and we know that's going to help them so panthers start off zero and three man seahawks win it what about you
0: So after seeing Bryce Young not line up behind center this last week, he's obviously obviously having a little bit of issues. That being said, maybe I would have lined up wrong behind center. Shoot, he's a lot further than I've ever made it playing football. But that being said, I can still be a critic if I want to because there's people criticizing all the time that have no idea what they're talking about. So for that being said, and like you said, with it being in Seattle, I'm going to have to give this to the Hawks. Panthers 0-3. All
1: right. Cowboys and Cardinals. Cowboys are the Cowboys right There's now. Cardinals are struggling to figure out who they are. Yep. Enough said. Dallas yeah, he, wins. Who you got?
0: Hey, you said it all. What do we got? Pull the Cardinals? Okay. The Cardinals are going to upset? Yeah, oh, okay.
1: All right. Bears at Chiefs. The Bears right now have one of the worst offenses in the league. Yep. The Chiefs, they've struggled so far this year. But the Chiefs defense has done well so far. I think the mismatch on both sides of the ball favors the Chiefs. And... The Bears just had their defensive coordinator resign. So, with that, to me, it's an easy, no-brainer Chiefs win. Who you got? Yeah,
0: given everything going on and the way the Bears have been playing offensively, it doesn't take much for the Chiefs' defense to probably keep up with that. And we know that the Chiefs' offense can be explosive. So, and then being at home, you got to give it to the Chiefs.
1: Okay. Steelers at Raiders. Again, another tough one for me. Steelers' defense looked nasty last week. Both offenses have been at the bottom of the list in terms of yardage the Raiders defense has a little more consistency this year but with that being said I'm gonna have to go with the Raiders to win it man I don't think the Steelers will produce the same results they got against the Browns this week against the Raiders who you got Steelers or Raiders so with me having
0: the Steelers predominantly as my fantasy team as I look back with having George Pickens and Kenny Pickett uh I'm going to have to pull for the Steelers to do really good. But that being said, I also think that team is figuring it out. Still seems like their mm-hmm. key players are young guys. And it feels like they're they're finally getting into a groove. And I'm just not sold on the Raiders. I've just never been sold on that team for anything. So for that, I'm going yeah, Steelers. One,
1: like, okay. Like I said, that one was tough for me. So. It's a tall. set. Eagles and Buccaneers. Oh, yeah. Buccaneers are looking good on offense right now. Defensively, they're in the top 10 right now. Eagles at times have looked like a team that is stumbling into their wins. Defensively, I honestly think the Eagles are underperforming right now. I don't think they can slow on the Bucs this week. Uh, I, I just think the Bucs are playing well, man. So Buccaneers win this game and continue to ride high, unfortunately, in my opinion. Who you got?
0: So it's like you said, it looks like the Eagles, they have been winning, but they haven't been winning with an exclamation mark or with authority. It does seem like they are not mm-hmm. the team of last year. Whatever has changed, and I think the Bucks are riding a high right now. That we went from not knowing what's going on until we found a guy who loves us and sold out to us. So, for that being said, as much as it hurts me, I'm gonna have to go for the division team of the Bucks.
1: Okay. Finally, we got the Rams versus Bengals. The Rams are looking good right now. Uh, they got one of the top ten offenses and one of the top five defense, in my opinion. The Bengals have one of the worst defense and worst offenses in the league right now. And I don't think they're going to rebound this week. At some point, I think they are, but I don't think it's going to be this week. So it was a tough one to go against Joe Burrow, but I don't even know if he's going to be playing. So with that being said, I think the Rams win this one. So Joe Burrow has to bounce back eventually.
0: He is due, as one would say for baseball, when it comes to a hit or for a home run. That being said, I think Joe is going to finally show back up in this game. It'll be close, but I'll say it'll be probably a weird score of like 17-14, and the Bengals Mm -hmm. managed to come out on top.
1: All right, we'll see how those shake up, man. Before we roll on college football, let's talk about a couple of these little quick headlines. So, Obviously, I already told y'all, Cam Akers, excuse me, Kareem Hunt, is with the Browns. Well, Cam Akers just got traded as well, right before he came on the air to do the show. He is going to be playing for the Vikings now. Uh, So that's kind of huge, man. But Nick Chubb, we obviously talked about his injury, and and that kind of, no sense to recap that. He's done for the season and, and possibly career. If it's me, I wouldn't come back. But the big story here, man, has to be what's going on right now as we are recording this. And that is with the Chicago Bears organization. So, first off, Justin Fields is making comments about, you know, I can't play my style. The coaching staff is kind of making me look robotic. You know, when they asked why why he's playing so roughly, he straight up said, coaching. You know, he threw his coaches right under the bus. Maybe some of it. Maybe some of it, you know. But, but I mean, I was just quick, like, coaching. Godly, man. Well... That didn't take long to get overshadowed in the organization as, like I said, the defensive coordinator stepped down. I think his name's Alan Williams. He stepped down, right? And, uh, well, that's because the FBI just raided his home today. And initially, it was kind of like, oh, man, you know, what's going on? Why are they raiding him? Blah, blah, blah. There's been a lot of crazy reports that the Bears facility got raided and this and that. Which is not true, uh, according to the Bears, they said that that they did not get raided, uh, that it was just Alan Williams's house that got raided. But when they're kind of asking like what happened, what's going on, they're not really wanting to put any res- like uh, results out there or what's kind of going on. But the crazy thing was, man, the the Bears icon. Charles Tillman, he works for the FBI as an agent now. He's actually the one that informed the Chicago Bears what was going on. And all they said was that the material that's kind of there is extremely sensitive content and that he's probably never coaching again. So I'm not going to speculate what's going on, Ray Ray. I'm going to leave it to the listeners to kind of, you know, figure out what's going on. And I'm sure in the next few days we'll find out what's going on. But that's kind of wild, man. Uh, You would think that the way that's all kind of going down and when they call it extremely sensitive content, that uh, it's probably nothing like tax evasion or, you know, stuff like that. It's probably something a little bit more um, frowned upon, I would
0: say. Yeah, I mean... you don't have to do a lot of speculation to know there's a lot of things that we've talked about in the NFL or that the NFL will talk about. So the fact that they don't want to talk about it already mm-hmm. lets
1: you know that it's on the that side of things. It's probably not good. Like I said, I don't want to speculate what he's out there, but extremely sensitive. That's the way you describe it. You know what I mean? Like So we're going to see how this one plays out, man. Um, I, I think it's going to... Obviously, not play out well for for uh, Williams. I'm sure he's already resigned and said he wants to step away for his health and his family. So you may be stepping away for more than that, big dog. If this all pans out, I mean, if the SBA, if the FBI, he got wrapped up in a sting. It said, and they raided his house. So you put the pieces together there. We will see how this plays out, man. So with all that being said, you ready to uh, jump into this college football recap?
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, let's recap what we got. All
1: right, man, let's roll right in here. So last week I gave you three games, and you gave actually a fourth game, and that's kind of a game to kind of highlight a little bit. So first off, I had LSU taking on Mississippi State, and I did pick LSU to win this, and it was a beatdown. I'm sorry I ever spoke bad about LSU. They had 530 yards of offense to Mississippi State's 201 yards. Over double, man. I mean, over over two and a half times the yardage. You know, neighbors had thirteen receptions for two hundred thirty nine yards and two touchdowns. He had more receiving yards than than Mississippi State's whole team. Uh, and they just wanted all the fronts, man. They easily cruised to a win, forty one to fourteen. Started off one to zero. Tennessee was looking to go into the swamp and upset the Gators, if you will. Tennessee should be the favorite, but. They hadn't won in the swamp in the last nine times they played. This was the 10th. Could they get it? Well, the unranked Gators came in, had a chip on their shoulder, and said, no, 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 we defend our home turf. And I guess coming from that elevation, Ray Ray, down to the swamp, it didn't work out too good. Tennessee scored the first touchdown, and then the Gators are going to score the next 26 points. Wait, well, you Despite know what- score, What's up? Go ahead. I'll, I'll tell you once you tell the final. Story. I was just gonna say, man, the final score of this game actually made it look a little closer than it was, but it wasn't close at all. Florida would knock off the 11th ranked team, Tennessee, by a score of 29 to 16. What did you got to say about that? I was gonna
0: tell you. You, you know how you make the Tennessee T right in the graphics? Mm-hmm. It's
1: back-to-back L's.
0: <laughs>
1: well, what do you do if you got 10 L's in a row?
0: I guess you just cry and you figure out how to finally. Manipulate
1: it to a W. Well, corin has got that down, Pat. So. Cool. so does Malone. I got him. <laughs> Hold this. Next, we got Colorado taking on Colorado State. So, obviously, one and one coming into this one. We both said that uh, Colorado was going to win this one. We didn't feel like their their winning streak would end. And this was a matchup between bitter rivals, man. A lot of talk before the game coaches, players, you name it. They would be separated before the game. So you knew this game was going to kind of be wild. Well, it was under over 250 penalty yards, six turnovers, and it went into double overtime. There was some unsportsmanlike penalties thrown. One of them was against Travis Henry. Not against him, excuse me. The play was against him. And we'll kind of talk about this here in a bit too. Uh, But... He got hit, man. He was taken out of the game, and later come to find out the the hit against him ended up giving him a laceration on his liver, and he's expected mm. to miss a few games. So that's kind of a big deal. It's a nasty and, hit. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean, I'm not gonna be honest, I, or I'm gonna not gonna lie to you. I like seeing brutal hits in football, but in today's game, you can't do that, man. That is not okay in today's game. This isn't game of old. This isn't you know. In the old days, man, crush them. In today's game, can't do that. It's it's just not right. So, you know, passion on the football fields kind of leads you to do some things sometimes out of character for certain people, and and that was a play that you know was not okay. But in the end, man, CSU they just continually shoot themselves in the foot. Like 180 of those penalty yards was theirs. Yeah, so, and the penalties would keep Colorado in it in the first OT and they had two penalties in the first ot to get colorado in there so then colorado you know would Colorado state would tie the game they go to second overtime and colorado would score again get the two-point conversion and colorado state couldn't get it man and so colorado would win 43 to 35 so that would put me two and one on the week still looking for the undefeated week what about your fourth game man how'd that go
0: so went about how I said Georgia and South Carolina. South Carolina always likes to come in and play it rough. And at first we saw that as they had a commanding lead of 16-3, to three, I believe, before we went to the half. Sorry, I didn't write it down. I'm trying to remember off, off the top of my brain. I do know Georgia ended up winning 26-16 to 16 after the halftime adjustments. We came back and we were able to make sure. Am I telling the scores right? I don't know. Either way, I know we won by 10. I'm a terrible fan. According to some people, I should know it. If you ask Malone, I should know a score from 10 years ago. So, (laughs) let alone last week, right? So, anyway, Georgia goes in. They're able to make their halftime adjustments. able to come back out. But it's like I told you, man, they they play rough, but Spencer Rattler is by far the best quarterback that the SEC has right now. I I don't care what anybody has to say. He also has the most experience, which, you know, we can go both ways with that. But we've seen quarterbacks who have a lot of experience still not be the best. So... With all that being said, Georgia, as a fan, has a lot to fix and shape up on. Carson Beck's looking a little rough out there, even though, per his stat line, I think he has got a, he averages like a 98 APR quarterback rating, if you were to put it to the NFL. So, it's okay at best. Georgia's got a lot to fix. I'm just glad we came out with that W, because I was upset going into halftime.
1: <laughs>
0: but I the week yeah, 4-0. Man.
1: Oh you had you had uh Florida
0: upsetting Tennessee? Yes. I don't ever pull for the Gators until it's against Tennessee. I actually had a memory pop up on Facebook that said uh, for the first time I'll be pulling for the Gators because of the way Cameron Malone speaks about Tennessee is actually what the, the Facebook post says.
1: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Putting that man out there. Well uh what about, there was a big old upset, Missouri, Mizzou. Upset oh, what a team, game. Kansas State. What a the game. walk-off field goal, man.
0: Yeah, can we bring that guy uh, over from Mizzou to Georgia? Because it's been a while since we've had a struggle of a kicker. But, you know, to be fair, to be fair, I'll give him his, his dues. It's hard to follow up the guy who just set the school record after breaking the school record from the previous guy. So I imagine you're the dude coming in to replace the last two guys set school records for most accurate kicker in the school, and you're a true freshman. It's going to suck. But let's just be real. Yeah. Your D1 school Probably. is 30 yards out. I think you and I can agree you should be making those.
1: If that's all your only job, man, I have a hard time saying, you know what? It's okay. No. no. All right, dude. No. Sorry. What was the Mizzou
0: kickers, though? 61 yards or 51 yards? Something like it was that. 61. It's crazy it was 61, for a college I don't know. Kicker. It was
1: long. It was long for a college kicker, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. is nice for a college kicker, so maybe it was only 51. I don't know, man, but it was. Either it way. Was, yeah. Either that ball. Way, it was the biggest kick in his career. Probably. Solid
0: kick, yeah. And he had room, too. He probably could have put on another two to three yards wherever yard line he was at.
1: We already talked about UGA, how they struggled a little bit against South Carolina. Bama struggled, Bama, to beat South Florida as well. Granted, the score was, I think, 17-3, to but 17 points. They swapped. They had their backup quarterback being the starter this week, and then they went to his backup, and they only were able to score 17 points. Not a good look, especially against South Florida. Man, and, and honestly, at some points... I thought South Florida was playing better ball than Alabama. They just could not seem to get the points. Yeah, man. It's just as as a juggernaut school, you shouldn't be
0: struggling against somebody like that. You shouldn't struggle against the Bulls.
1: No, then that's not a team that's like... Like I see if you play them every year. You don't play them every year, man. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be struggling against them. Which leads me into my next team. And that was FSU. They barely got past Boston College. And I'll be honest with you, man... I didn't say it last week, but Boston College and FSU was one of my games to watch because I thought mm, Boston College is good for coming in and you know being tough against an opponent that should blow them out. On this red could day too, be that opponent.
0: Or whatever yeah. they call it.
1: Yeah, and they, they did, man. They almost won that one. Uh, FSU struggled and they barely got by it, and because of that, they dropped from third to fourth in the ranking. So, you know, you got away with one. But a little closer than you want to. You have too many more of those, and you're going to get caught.
0: Yep, it, it catches up eventually.
1: Oh, yeah. So, well, that rolls us into week four in college football world. And I know this is where we're starting to get into the heated games a little bit more, Ray. so I'll go ahead and run through some games. Man, you can run through some games, and we'll go ahead and give each other's picks, and you kind of tag on, just throw what pick you think. All so, right. I'm gonna go ahead and roll with uh, FSU, my home state team here. And uh, they're playing at Clemson, man. So, was last week a fluke? Or, you know, is FSU really not for real? Clemson, they've lost already once this year. Are they gonna lose for the second time in four weeks? You know, who's really got the fluke going on? Is FSU for real? Is Clemson for real and just had a fluke? We'll find out, man. But I think FSU is going to bounce back from this uh, game they had last week, and I think they're going to crush the Tigers. So who do you got winning that one?
0: I'm going to pick Clemson. I don't think Dabo is the guy to continue to lose. I think Clemson will figure it out. It doesn't mean that they won't struggle the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. But like we know in college ball, it really is the game of, if I can't win it this year, who can I spoil it for? And who better to spoil it for than number four?
1: Okay. All right. Well, uh, next I got Colorado. Number 19, Uh taking on number 10, Oregon. So, to me, Oregon's offense has been explosive, averaging almost 600 yards a game, while only allowing roughly 285. The Buffaloes, on the other hand, they're 3-0, averaging almost 480 yards a game, but they're also giving up 460 yards. And they don't have Travis Hunter this week coming in, so... With that being said, I think it's going to be a struggle. Can they improve to 4-0? and This is going to be their first big test, and I don't think they can handle it right now. So to me, Oregon wins this one. Mm-hmm. Colorado gets their first loss of the year. I would have to agree.
0: You're missing key players. The stats don't lie about what you give up and what the other team mm-hmm. gets. And on top of that, I'll say, though, in Colorado's favor, if Bo Nix wants to come and play like he's playing an SEC team, it'll be another slugout.
1: All right, then we got a 22 UCLA at number 11, Utah. Another clash of the ranked teams. Both teams have been doing well this year. Who's been doing better? I'm going to say Utah's been doing better, man. They did beat Florida. Yes, it was week one. But they did beat them, and honestly, they beat them kind of convincingly. UCLA, they really haven't faced anyone yet, so you don't really know what you don't know. But my gut is telling me Utah wins this week. You got number 22 or number 11 winning it?
0: I'm going to have to pull for Utah on this one. Uh, okay. Just going off of Florida playing Tennessee and how that was, it's mm-hmm. kind of the tell the tapes where who probably has what more figured out.
1: Okay. And then we got uh, number 15 Ole Miss playing number 13 Alabama. Nick Saban going back to his starting quarterback that he began with at the beginning of this year. Bama is 2-1, and one, but let's be honest, man, they've looked rough lately. Uh, I really don't know what else to put out there, man. Ole Miss, they haven't looked bad yet. This season, I don't think, is going to get any better for Alabama if they're struggling this early against these teams because now they're going to get in where they're going to start playing some juggernauts and some big programs and some programs that are crushing it right now. So with that being said, Ole Miss wins this and improves to 4-0. Who you got?
0: I'm going to have to go with Ole Miss as well. Alabama's just struggling. They're having an identity crisis. And whenever you have that kind of identity crisis, it's just hard to win until your team figures out who they are again. So Ole Miss takes the cake. All
1: right, makes sense. Makes sense. All right, man, so
0: now we have moving on to Oregon State and Washington State, number 14, taking on number 21. So what I got for you here is that Washington has actually won the last four straight at home when playing against Oregon. Okay? So, I mean, we got the stats flying in towards that, but Washington's also won seven of their eight matchups. Oregon is favored by three. However, Oregon State has won it last year and broke that seven game streak. So all that being said, man, it's hard to tell. It's tell the tapes. Washington State has the favor when it comes to playing at home. But I feel like Oregon State might be a, a little bit different of a, a football team than they have been. So with that being said, I'm gonna have to give the edge to number fourteen, Oregon State.
1: Okay. Yeah, this one's a tough one, man. Uh Oregon State, Washington State. Oregon State is ranked higher, but I'm going to go with Washington State, man, on this one just because it is the hometown, Uh, the home stadium, excuse me. They are close, Washington, Oregon, you know, they're they're not far apart. But I think Washington State is going to win this one playing at home. So I'm going to give it to them. Okay, I don't really know if that's a good call or not, but I'm going to give it to them.
0: Hey, man, stats don't lie. Five straight at home would make sense. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So after that, we got Arkansas rolling up into number 12, LSU. Now these two teams always like to play each other and play each other pretty hard. But LSU does lead the series eighteen to nine when playing each other, and they're on a one-game win streak between each other. LSU is supposed to be the powerhouse when it comes to the West. Any analyst you hear talking about it is always giving them the edge. LSU's been a little bit of a struggle at the beginning of the year, but like we talked about, we bust rust and we get better. So, when it comes to that, man, and LSU winning last game with a statement of 41-14, to 14, I think they're just showing Arkansas what they have coming. So, with that being said, I will have to give it to number 12, LSU.
1: Okay. I, I can't really argue with you, man. Uh, thinking back on it, I can only remember Arkansas really being good in recent, not recent memory, but even in the last 20 years off the top of my head when they had... McFadden there. So mm-hmm. With that being said, man, I'm going to say that LSU, you know, they bounced back from the uh from that one loss they already got this year. They came out, they cruised, crushed Mississippi State, and I think they're going to crush Arkansas as well. Even though Arkansas does seem to play LSU well, yep. I don't think this is that year.
0: They're here to make a statement. I think LSU is saying that
1: that loss was a fluke. Yeah, and they know that hey, we're still in it to yep. make the college football playoffs, but not if yep. we lose but again.
0: So differently than what we talked about for last season. If you're mm-hmm. going to lose a game, it better be at the very beginning <laughs> and Correct. not near the end. Correct. So next we have probably my game of the week, which will be number six, Ohio State at number nine, Notre hmm. Dame. Okay. So I will say we've always talked about Notre Dame has always placed too high. And yep. I do think they fall this week. They will get exposed. They're going to see what's going on. But all that yep. being said, when you look at the tail of the tape and the yardage, Notre Dame's quarterback Hartman has over a thousand yards thrown, thirteen TDs to zero interceptions. Whereas Ohio State's McCord, he's a six to one ratio at eight hundred and fifteen yards. I don't know their schedules too well. I obviously I have SEC bias. I don't know what the other defenses look like to the other teams they have played. Mm-hmm. But but all that being said, I just think Ohio State is the better program. And Notre Dame will be exposed once again as nothing but TV media hype train.
1: So Ohio State with a W. Yeah, I can't disagree, man. I think uh, I do think their quarterback Notre Dame is playing well, but uh, I don't know if it's they get the wrong coaches in there. I don't know what it is with Notre Dame, man. But Notre Dame just never seems to put it together. So with that being said, I'm going to give it to Ohio State as well. They just always seem to be coming back, even though you know they may not be the team year in, year out, mm-hmm. they are one of the top teams every That's right. year. And I think if we've seen anything at the end of the year, Notre Dame is always down the list. So, Ohio yep. State is going to continue to roll, and uh, Notre Dame's going to play a defense that they haven't, they haven't, I'll be honest with you, man, they haven't played any good teams yet. They're about to find out. The more you around, yep. the, the more you, more you find, find out. out. They're about to find out. That's right. So, next hey, we man. have the
0: hawkeyes at number 24 against number seven penn state those tigers so when you when you nittany look at lions it, yeah yeah the nittany line no okay yeah nittany that's a good word for me so the hawkeyes though they will be missing key player tight end luke locke and their running backs caleb johnson and i'm gonna butcher his first name Ooh, I but wait. jazwin j-a-z-i-u-n sounds good yep patterson they have injuries and the coach has talked about how tight end Luke Lockie is their one of their key players, He's like is their star. Mm-hmm. So that's automatically going to hurt them. And then the Hawkeyes are almost 500 though when playing Penn State. Uh, they're seven and eight when at Beaver Stadium. This will be another whiteout game for Penn State. We know how they like to go during that. And Penn State is favored though with a 14 and a half spread. I don't think that's too far off when you think about the Hawkeyes missing such valuable positions mm-hmm. for their team and valuable players. So based off of that, I will have to give it to the
1: Nittany Lions. Yep. Penn State. I got nothing else to say. Happy Valley's going to yeah, win. I mean, it's just hard to hard to argue. They're a better program. They just bring better talent. So, it is what it is. Yeah.
0: It is what it is. It's just, it's just the way cookie crumbles. That's it. So last, we got number 17, North Carolina at Pitt. Now when you look at it, North Carolina should win it easily. They're three and zero to Pitt's one and two, right? That's usually how we go. Like team who's winning beats team who's not winning. And their last meeting, UNC won forty-two to twenty-four. UNC is eleven to five against Pitt. And per the North Carolina coach, though, to go in Pitt's favor. They always play us tough. So the one and two record doesn't matter, because as we've seen, you can be a team who does not win, and if you play tough, that could be more than enough to win. One last thing, to the hurt pit, though, on this, just things stacking against him. A six-year senior, Phil Jerkovic, has continued to struggle. Within these three games, he is 35 for 75, 474 yards thrown with a four touchdown to three interception ratio.
1: Hmm.
0: So with that being said, uh, they may play you tough, but this might be a weak year for them. Just based off of that, i got to give it to North Carolina. I think they just walked through it.
1: So, before you said all that, I was going to say that I had Pitt win this one because Pitt does seem to show up and play well. But, then you put all that and made me start second-guessing myself. So, with that being said, man, I think I'm going to have to give it to to NC. I think uh, North Carolina wins it.
0: Yeah, I just... I just don't see how unranked team one and two with a quarterback struggling that bad is going to go give any competition to a team who's just been playing well and seems to be on their P's and Q's in their division.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, you never know, but... Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look good. If
0: Pitt wins that game, it's going to be defensively. Or Mm -hmm. Phil has just had the game of his lifetime.
1: Both could happen. Who knows? That's right.
0: But other than that, man... I got nothing else. No no Georgia news. We're playing one more tune up game and then we'll be good to go.
1: It is what it is, man. Hey, before uh before we kind of roll into the anything, I just want to go ahead, man, and throw this out there. I have an apology. Uh oh. I gotta put it out there, man. Neon Dion, Mr. Prime Time, Mr. Dion Sanders yourself. I'm sorry. I have not been on the hype train because I'll be honest with you, man. The way he he handled his change from Jackson State to coming in playing for or excuse me coming in coaching for Colorado, I didn't really I didn't really like the way he did it. Um, I thought you know he was talking about you know all this and that going to build up the historical black colleges right the HBCs and he left so it kind of it, it honestly kind of put a little sour taste on mouth right because i'm like hmm is this dude just saying some stuff or is he all about it right well i also watched him get to colorado i seen his little press comments and i'm like this dude's only about the publicity right because hey prime time right he likes to flaunt he, he's a little flashy and uh there's nothing wrong with that but I just thought, "Mm, we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I don't need to see nothing else besides this week. So, first off, you know that the Colorado State's coach was talking trash to him, said that his mama raised him with respect, and when talking with adults, he took his hat and his sunglasses off, right? Said all these comments, you know, they were talking trash. There was a lot of unsportsmanlike penalties in there. Colorado obviously won, and... Deion Sanders could have got up there on the podium, man, and could have bashed him. They even, the media even tried to back him into corner and make him bash Colorado State and their head coach. And this man said, why do I have to bash this guy? Why do I have to bring this man down to build myself up? Eh. What his blessings are and what he gets and what he earns and what he grinds to get and the good things that come to him don't affect mine. I can get mine, and he can get his too. And that 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 was huge, man. Because today, so many people let that that heated
0: prey right on your downfall. Yeah,
1: that heated battle, and they turn people against. And he's like, he's got to bash how bad this dude is. And many people would have, but Neon Dion didn't do it. That's huge, man. Uh, I, that was huge, right? That was one big thing, real big thing. That spoke volumes about his character. Another thing, man, during the game, he's he's chewing some one of his players out, and then at the end of it, man, he hugs the player. Now, a lot of people can say, well, that's soft, that's whatever. But his players, man, I know he's taught classes to his players of how to be, you know, adults, how to be men, how to treat women, how to do... And I always thought, man, maybe that's for a show, right? But the more I'm starting to realize, the more I'm starting I watch, I, I'm wrong. I was wrong, man. You know? I mean, he's at
0: least practicing what he's preaching. Yeah,
1: they he, he talked about how Henry Blackburn did that hit on Travis Henry, right? And how Blackburn, you know, and he and talked about how Blackburn, right, the safety for Colorado State, had that, that unsportsmanlike conduct hit on Travis Henry that took him out of the game, lacerated uh, Henry's liver, right? And he, Blackburn's getting all these death threats and everything, man, his hate mails, him, his family, all this. Dion got on there and said he condemned the death threats and he talked about how good Blackburn was as a football player and told him that you know he's a football player he's out there playing you should not condemn for that Travis Henry also got out there and said I don't condemn he's a great football player it is football you do get hurt you know it happens and is Travis Henry that kind of person or did Deion Sanders kind of imprint on him and, and show him how he should act I don't know man but I'm telling you, the vibes that I'm getting out, I'm starting to, I'm not a Colorado fan by any means, right? Because I I don't know anything about them, nothing like that. But but I'm going to tell you, I'm starting to get behind them and root for them a little bit. Just for the sheer fact of, you know I like to, I don't like to put people down, man. I don't like to, to destroy the people around us or people that I feel or climb up somebody's back. That's not my character. So when I see other people with those traits that, you know, hey man, there's enough room at the table for you to eat too. I don't have to take it all, you know what I mean. Right. And you build up people, right. and you build their character, and you you know you don't tear them down. That's huge, man, and and I love that. And so I I would say I was wrong, man. I was wrong because Deion Sanders is doing everything that I thought was originally maybe just a front, you know, just to get the publicity. But he's kind of backing up what he's talking about, man, and i love it i love it dude i love the character i love the charisma you don't normally see that and uh hey i'm supporting i'm supporting Deion sanders man i hope he does well i want to i want to see him continue to build great people that are going to go out in society and hopefully continue those virtues and that spread like wildfire wildfire i hope so man i really do so that yeah, is Yeah, I mean you, awesome you can't
0: awesome. you can't be mad at it. If, you, if you're gonna fault the man for making young boys into men, you you got issues. You may not like how he coaches, but you can't be mad at him building people up and trying to make people better. And he don't want to bring people down. That's huge. Nope. That's huge because is. the media yeah. feeds off that. In a world where everybody wants to take your Legos, he's giving people Legos to build higher.
1: Yeah. Awesome dude, man. So well that is it for me. Uh I don't we don't have any other topics. We've already talked oh. No, 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 no. We already talked about that. I was about to talk about the Bears thing. We already did. My bad. So, with all that being said, uh, what's your sports fact for me this week?
0: Oh, well, let me just
1: pull it up for you real quick since we're
0: talking football. And I guess since Cowboys want to be relevant, we'll talk about another time when they were relevant. Dallas Cowboys running back Emmitt Smith holds the NFL record for most rushing guards in history with 18,355. He might just be five foot nine at 221 pounds. However, he was very consistent. He recorded 11 straight seasons with a thousand-plus rushing yards, which, in case you're curious, yes, that's also the most in NFL history. It's even more incredible when you consider that no other player has had a 10 seasons with a thousand rushing yards, so truly in a league of his own.
1: Wow. Not even uh, not even uh, Barry Sanders?:
0: Nope.
1: All by himself. Well, in his defense, that was a monster line he ran behind. Hey man, but
0: he got just put it in the
1: right place. Hey, that's it. Well, uh I'm going to go ahead and branch this one a little bit between pro and college cuz everybody knows Mr. Randy Moss as this monster in the NFL pros. Well, did you know that Randy Moss never played a college football game? Where he did not score a touchdown. Fifty-four touchdowns in twenty-eight Ow. games. That's that's
0: pretty cool, honestly.
1: Yeah, that's. He
0: always he, there's plenty of tape for him to go the next level.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I, how do all these people continue to pass up on him? I don't get it.
0: Well, you know, he just didn't fit their scheme, I guess. I guess, but he,
1: I mean, he's got the big body and everything. So, well, uh, you got any shout outs this week? Uh
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll shout out Bradley Wilson, who has actually been here at the office the whole time and has kept quiet for our hour-long shenanigans. <laughs> and even now, as I talk about him, he's not even paying attention to me. He's just hard at work, and I think he finally noticed because he's just looking over here smirking. But other than that, man, I don't have anything. All
1: right, all right. Well, uh, the only shout-outs I have this week is uh, I am traveling cross-country. Everything goes well. Uh, we, shout out we, to the tires. Yeah, everything goes well. I'll be uh in California next week, beginning of the week, and uh we we'll ought to do the show. If everything doesn't go well, we either may have a late show or no show next week. Um just if you don't see it coming, people, you know I didn't make it. But uh my shout out is to my wife for uh riding cross country with me with all the kids and uh, you know, going on this venture we're from the East Coast. We're going to live on the West Coast for at least three years. And my mother-in-law has actually jumped along, and she's going to ride with us across country, telework, and sightsee with uh, my wife and me and the kids. So she'll be helping my wife drive. So shout out to my mother-in-law for helping out. We do greatly appreciate that because with me driving a U-Haul or driving you know my truck with a U-Haul behind it and her having no help with the kids, that will be huge now that the mother-in-law is there. So thank you.
0: Yeah, shout out to mother-in-law.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, appreciate it, Lisa. So, well, hey, Ray Ray, it's been a good show, man, full of football. But uh, I got nothing else going on, man. I'm pretty much done. I'm going to jump off yeah, this and no, go that's... get my gains on. What are, you, what are you doing? You said you're at work. Uh, yeah, I
0: mean, I am. But at this point, I think Bradley's getting mad at me because he's tired of being quiet. He's had a few calls that he's had to fill. <laughs> field and uh he's had to put him on the hold so i mean i gotta get out of here because he's he's turning pretty red and he's coming at me so
1: tell him breathe man normally it helps uh, you, you i don't breathe. know if he knows how to breathe Oh, very well hey so with it all being said we're late to work sports make sure you check out our social medias check out all of our uh gear and uh we got some new guests in the work we got some stuff going remember we're on instagram we're on twitter or x whatever you want to call it We're also on threads. We're on Facebook. We got a Discord. Check us out. We are everywhere. And hey, man, like I said, with that, we're late to work sports, and we out. See ya.